0: What's up, Janelle? Hey, Bronzy. Back at it again with another episode. How you feeling?
1: Good, good. Episode 33. How was your week? Uh, how was my week? <laughs> I don't remember much of it, which could be a good or a bad thing. Okay, night.
0: maybe this is a better question. How was your weekend?
1: My weekend was cool. Um, Got to hang out with y'all. Yes. On Friday. Got to hang out with uh, my bestie from back home on Saturday, which was oh, nice, cool. Nice, nice. And then Sunday, you know, just watch Netflix, cooked, hung out in the crib.
0: What you watch, What you been watching on Netflix?
1: Well, I was, well, actually, was I on Netflix? I might have been on HBO Max, just like watching old movies and stuff. Got you. Yeah.
0: You no, know, Twitter has been buzzing on Squid Game. Have you I'm indulged? That, yeah. Yo, you been watched it? Yeah. I'm not done yet, but yeah, it's wild.
1: It is. It is. It's a um, good binge.
0: And I've sure. also been watching Me.
1: I have not started
0: that. It's a pretty good, yeah. you know, a little one-two for a little yin ying around the house. <laughs> <A little laughs> Say ying-ying. that again. A little what?
1: A little what ying-ying for ying-ying a
0: little what? What? Okay. You remember the Martin episode when Pam was like told Gina that she can sing, or she got a voice that's a little good for a little ying-ying, <laughs> ying-ying around the house. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh! Yeah. So
0: you know, it ain't nothing special, but like. Yeah, you know, it'll get the job know,
1: done.
0: So, yeah, got it. So that's kind of been my my weekend watches uh, recently.
1: Well,
0: what'd you get into this weekend? I hung out with you and celebrated Amadi's birthday Ooh, Um happy birthday. was cool we hung out Friday night went to this event um, in Manhattan Parks and Rec shout out to Kiana Parks um, for hosting that event that was a really good time it was. Yeah. Um, and then Saturday we just did brunch and kept it close to home you know what I mean then Sunday was the day of recovery because you no, know, we ain't young as young as we used to be.
1: <laughs> y'all ain't
0: as young. As I <laughs> <laughs> you the one that swapped Tylenol before you go to bed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mind you, I am older than
0: y'all. Right. So yeah. Um, but how you feeling? You know, we've come back. Um, I know that last episode we were talking about we were on a break and all that, but now it feels like we are full swing back into things. Exciting drop and release on Saturday of our teas. Um, That was very exciting to actually put that out there Um, I know that when we were reposting Before that people were super interested Um, So again A reminder That they are available They're
1: available Um, It's a pre-order available until the 20th So you know, Hurry up and get your orders in Because once the pre-order is over They're done they're done. They They're go done. into the printers, and that's that on that,
0: that. That's that on that. So, yeah, get these um, shirts. You can see so much more about them in our last episode and also in the IG post. Um, and also on the website, witchablackads.com.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was it was really, really fun finally getting that stuff out. All the stuff that went into it. All the the photo shoot. Shout out to Faith. Shout out to Matt, serving as models in the shoot. Um, of course, Amadi was the the photographer for the shoot. Then Shooter. we had... Uh, Rebecca who designed our logos and stuff she designed the editorial for social and the website so yeah. a lot of a lot of friends coming together coming together to help kind of get this out there so that was fun
0: yeah so without further ado we have a couple of topics we want to get in today in above the fold um, yes. yeah you want to kick us off
1: sure I mean in a bit of a caveat like this week we were just talking about that off mic like there was not that much going on. Um, there was a lot going on, but then, like, not really. Right. So,
0: Not anything different than what's been going on for us to yeah. be like, oh, let's have Right, right. Yeah. right.
1: Um, sometimes we come in here and it's like, okay, we got to pare this down. Like, we don't yeah. have that much time. <laughs> but um, I think we got a nice a nice little list here. So the first thing, we would be remiss not to talk about the fact that uh, Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp went down, what was that, last? Monday. Monday. So it was actually right before we put the first episode out, but we had already recorded it. Um, and you would have thought that like the world was ending oh the way God. that people. It, is,
0: it was were wild. Acting. It was wild. Um, it was also crazy to see the influx on Twitter. Yeah. Um, it's like if I can't get my social fix where I normally go to get it, I have to get it it's from somewhere. somewhere. Um, and yeah. yeah, you saw people on your Twitter timeline that you ain't seen.
1: And forever. forever, like hello, is this thing on? It was, it was like, yeah, we've still been here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, but that was you know, that that affected so many people, um, in brands and small businesses and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, which I think is interesting, and it talks about the scale of. Facebook and Instagram in terms of how much reach and how much rely, how much people rely on it mm-hmm. and typically how reliable it is to be such a huge platform.
1: Yeah, I thought it was an interesting conversation that happened, right? Because there were the people who are so anti-social media, but they engage because it's 2021 and you kind of have to engage in mm-hmm. some form or fashion. Um So there were the people that were like, oh, that's good that, you know, we need this break. And then there there was also obviously the conversation around like when when a when a platform like WhatsApp goes down, that means something a little bit different than when like Instagram goes down or Facebook goes down. And like making sure that we're keeping in mind that a lot of people use some of these products, you know, to Mm -hmm. communicate with their family. And it's a bit more dire than just. I need to share this post because I'm an influencer or whatever. Um, So I thought that that was one conversation that, you know, one thing that kind of living here, having family in close proximity that I didn't necessarily think about. Um, And then the other thing, initially when, when both of those platforms went down, I was just kind of like, oh, well, good. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm very, like I engage on Instagram because I have to and like my friends are there and, You know, for work or whatever, but I don't really like being on Instagram (laughs) like that. So at first I was just like, oh, well, good, like stay down as long as you want to. But then I thought about it and I was like, wait a minute, we got to post the episode on Wednesday. (laughs) And most of our audience is on Instagram. Like Mm. if this doesn't come back, where's our audience? What do we do? So there was that other conversation Uh, around being able, diversifying as a content creator or whatever you do if you're relying on social media diversifying kind of your your touch points right Um, and building audiences in other areas so that when something like this happens you're not asked out
0: yeah I saw that conversation happening as well and um, I remember someone saying someone like contested you know well you know that's where my audience is my audience is on IG And uh, the response there was like, if your audience is interested in what you have to say or what you're doing or what you're producing, they will follow you where you go. Mm -hmm. And we do see that happening time and time again, whether it's a podcast that is then going to YouTube and they're hosting, we're hosting our podcast on YouTube. If the event where, oh, Instagram is down forever. You know your audience will know that's where you are, and this will they'll follow you to consume your content. Or
1: well they'll they'll know that if you are building an audience, or if you're yeah, telling yeah, yeah, yeah. people that that's but where that's, you are.
0: That's kind of like what she was saying. Like you should start diversify, or whoever the person was, you start diversifying um, where you're putting your content. So it's not all your eggs in one basket. God forbid something like this happens, and you're solely a creator. There goes your platform, or there goes yeah. all that you have built.
1: Yeah, um, so yeah, I, I, it, it was just definitely, aside from those conversations, just seeing the memes on Twitter and people who are diehard, you know, like on Twitter or more so, like that's their, their platform of preference, who were sharing memes and things like that and talking about the people coming over from Instagram to Twitter. It was like, oh, now you got to like share a thought. Like, you know, <laughs>
0: Yes, <And then laughs> you, then I know, saw... you have to have
1: an opinion. Like, oh, shit.
0: Did you see Twitter's tweets? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Those are hilarious. Yeah. Twitter was winning. Um, I think Netflix had some some tweets that they were putting out that was that were hilarious. I love to see, you know, the tech brands kind of being satirical when things like this happen mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with one another.
1: And it's also because it, it was Facebook and Instagram, like they're the big dog, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was just like it was for them. I'm sure it was like, oh, you know, got you got to beat up on Big Brother yeah. for a second.
0: Yeah. Um, something else that is interesting is um, one of other one of Facebook's other products, Workplace, which is like an internal workplace tool, kind of like Slack or um, mm-hmm. Microsoft Suite. Um, that that was down too. So all the Facebook right. products were down. So it's interesting that other companies or companies also couldn't work when the outage happened. Um,
1: really, I didn't realize that. I thought it was just like an internal, like how Facebook's employees spoke.
0: Mm-mm. So Workplace is an actual tool or app or product that you know other companies can leverage and use. Um, it's mm-hmm. very similar to kind of like. What your Facebook, like the blue app looks like in Interact. So Messenger is equivalent to Slack. Mm-hmm. Um, where you're communicating with
1: But there was their email was still working, right? Like their email isn't through Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So get the word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but everything's back up and running now, so
1: So the world keeps on spinning. Keeps
0: on spinning. Um
1: it's speaking though about just like diversifying you know what outlets you're on or what platforms you're on um we were talking a little bit about linkedin and what linkedin has going on so you want to kind of like frame that up a little bit because i'm still i'm still getting up to speed on that
0: i am too but i will frame <laughs> it up as best as i can um i recently saw joshua kissy um i think he tweeted or maybe put on linkedin kind of like Creators, put your put some focus around, you know, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a great place to collaborate, to highlight the things that you've done. Like, yeah, Instagram, I think, is what we've all always gravitated towards. But there's so much wealth and potential in LinkedIn. Um, When he started speaking about that, I think that garnered a lot of attention around how that probably is true and just Mm -hmm. given his influence you saw a lot of creators start to um, come to the platform And,
1: and just like logically it makes sense because all the people who are hiring the creators they're all on LinkedIn
0: right logically it does make sense but I think like creators have been probably hesitant to do so because oftentimes LinkedIn has always been viewed or historically has been viewed as this place for Professional corporate type of go-getting.
1: Yeah, no, I I I 100% agree that that's like the reputation of the platform. But just thinking like when I'm doing research for work, where Mm -hmm. where do I go to look for creators that I want to potentially work with or put into a deck or something? I go to Instagram, right? Right. And I might follow them, but that's not a two-way dialogue that's not a two-way relationship like Mm -hmm. unless i'm following them and then i'm just like blowing up their dms or whatever versus on a linkedin where it's more so about connecting because of business and network like i know why you're there you don't just love my art right there's there is clearly
0: the opportunity yeah an
1: opportunity for synergy or for a partnership here and like the conversation i feel like in those kind of environments flows a little easier so again like why didn't anybody else think that creators should have been a focus on the platform before? I'm glad we're here now, but like yeah. logically that just makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're starting, you see these things happen time and time again. I think there's even more focus on creators now, what, given the last year, year and a half, two years. Um, and LinkedIn also launched the creator accelerator program. Um, essentially they are building on the tools and resources that they have available to creators um, in this program, they're investing $25 million to help creators build their audience and amplify their voice. So it sounds like it's a t- 10-week incubator-style program for 100 U.S.-based creators. Um, and accepted participants will get coachings, built-in creator network opportunities to be featured in LinkedIn channels, and a $15,000 grant to help them share their content and spark conversation and build communities.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I think even since Joshua's first tweet, I think he's posted others where he's talking about, you know, he's in conversation now with LinkedIn and it, it'll be I'm interested to see what he's able to not only what LinkedIn has planned but then having someone like him in the mix and him being you know a prominent creator in the black space yes. you know as as a black creator and and things of that nature then how it evolves
0: Yeah it is exciting to see um also happy to see him using his voice to encourage other black creators in that direction um i think it is one of those times where it feels like maybe it's just because of the community of people that i follow or that i see mm-hmm. um but it feels like it's giving us a leg up when it comes to that space because the ideation or at least one of the first voices out was um, so love to see that
1: so y'all look into it get on linkedin yeah look into
0: it your creator look into it It sounds like it's something that's that's definitely a conversation that's going to continue to happen
1: yeah um Another thing that we didn't get to talk about last time, and it was just like kind of a a miss, I guess, on both of our parts, because it definitely happened way before we recorded the first episode or the last episode, um, was Telfar TV. So obviously we talk about Telfar on the podcast all the time Mm -hmm. because it is a Black-owned brand that's been doing amazing things, especially over the past two years. Um, But they announced the launch of Telfar TV, and what Telfar TV is is a channel on like, on your what like Apple TV, Fire Stick, whatever. Um, that's like twenty four seven streaming of Telfar content. So it's like where they will show, um, where they'll show exclusive bag drops, or where they'll have um, UGC content from uh, from people who are posting on. Instagram or, or submitting video to the content. It, it's kind of like a crowdsourced yeah. channel.
0: Yeah, the official uh, What is Telfar TV? Telfar has launched a 24 hour live linear TV network in collaboration with Yuma Chroma Collective. Uh, basically, they launched a TV channel without the content. Um, they said they are tired because we are tired of being the content for other channels. When you watch Telfar TV, you will see the channel Take Shape live. You can take part in it by sending them your videos. Um, So, yeah, like you were saying, live shows, breaking news, uh, community, drips, duffel bag. So they can launch their merch via Telfar TV. Right.
1: So what I will say is I downloaded the app, Mm -hmm. especially after they said that the duffel bag was dropping on there. I was like, oh, I (laughs) can get, you know, that's cute.
0: Did you also see the, the other drop that they had? Like pick, the make bag your own? security yeah. thing?
1: Yeah, but yeah.
0: You already had the so Yeah, I didn't even have a duffel. <pack. laughs>
1: I need that duffel, though. I don't need another, just, you know, whatever. But, um,. Yeah, so they don't have much content up there now. Like right now, it's just like the logo spinning, a QR code where you can go and submit your own content to be featured on the channel. But I haven't seen much of what it will eventually or hopefully be on a 24-7 basis. Mm -hmm. Um, But the idea of it, I love the idea of it. You know, again, when you talk about black people owning, you know, Ownership, what ownership looks like, what creating um, content looks like in that space. Um, There was also this article that recently came out on High Snobiety that talked about the idea of merchtainment. I don't know how much I like the word merchtainment. I like the idea of what they were trying to describe. I just don't know if merchandise is the right word for it. But basically talking about these brands, in particular fashion brands, creating these universes. So like when you think of like a Balenciaga, like, mm-hmm. no, am I walking into Balenciaga every day and buying a $2,000 piece? No. But like if there are other touch points that are lower, you know, lower priced or free touch points of the brand, it gets you into like their brand world. And Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. same thing with Telfar, you know, while Telfar bags aren't super, super expensive or anything like that, they are limited sometimes in quantity, which is why they had to do the bag security program, Mm -hmm. right? But if we can create a 24/7 touch point so that you always feel like you're being part of the brand even when you aren't able to cop that bag that you want like that that does so much more for the brand and brand um, equity and like building community then not.
0: Yes. Yes. Is that different than No. It's not. I think we're seeing that more and more as fashion weeks have just passed. And we're Mm -hmm. seeing them create those universes in that way. And then in the age of digital media and social media, you're starting to be able to be immersed a little bit more into those experiences. But like you're saying, I do think it's interesting where you may not be an everyday consumer. But like you're saying, being that you have that, that touch point or you have that... Proximity, even if it's digital proximity, it makes you feel more apt to, like, oh, I want, or I'm going to save for this, or whatever that is. It makes the brand more top of mind for you than ordinarily it would be because it's in a department store or somewhere in Soho.
1: Yeah. And I think like another example of that from this past fashion week was Balenciaga and what they did with like The Simpsons, right? So I don't know that necessarily that the, that. Website is available anywhere for like people to see in its entirety, but there were clips and stuff that were on social medias. And, Wait, and what?
0: Didn't they do like a whole little like ten minute episode of or Monta situation with The Simpsons?
1: Yeah, but I'm saying I don't know that if you weren't at Fashion Week, if you were able, if you're able to see the whole thing from start to finish. Yeah, you New are. York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe I did see it then. I thought it was like a full like thirty yeah. minute episode.
0: Oh no, it's only like eight minutes. Oh, okay, or something
1: okay, like that. cool. But I think also when you're talking about just like brand and like brand tiers and things of that nature again more specifically in the luxury space you know you have like haute couture and then you know like that's super super expensive and then you have like the ready to wear that's like Mm -hmm. on the cheaper side and you know there's like what used to be entry level Mm -hmm. is still a bit you know still a bit expensive like it's it's still only a select few that are able to like even get that so when you talk about merging high fashion or fashion with entertainment that makes the barrier to entry even lower like non-existent almost outside of like access to technology mm-hmm. um so again as you grow up with the brand and you're able to afford yeah you're just start, you're getting people like in your universe a lot earlier
0: yeah that's wild that's wild that you just contextualized it like that because even the premise of the the Simpson, episode, mm-hmm. was basically kind of sort of that where it's like, oh, I'll never be able to afford this, mm-hmm. and then to end up
1: walking the, the room in
0: it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, I don't like the name Merchtainment, um, but one of the, the article that you tagged in the doc, they said that these sorts of things happen all the time, and before a name is given to something, you see it already happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is just their stab at trying to be the first to name
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> what we, what we see happening.
1: Yeah, I think the, my problem with the name is that like all the brands that they talk about in this article, like none of them I would consider merch. Like Telfar right. is merch. Where Balenciaga I, isn't merch. Yeah,
0: that's where I I didn't follow. That's why I was like merchtainment when I saw you drop it in, and I was like, I see the entertainment piece, but I don't see the merch piece.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that they're just using merch as a that's another way of just saying, like wearable, but I think that there's a big difference between like merch and like high fashion
0: or fashion. I mean, it is all merchandising.
1: Yeah, that I mean, I guess, yes, yeah. but but also, and again, when you talk about like language and where it comes from, in the world of high sobiety, merch means something different than just merchandising.
0: Yes, it does.
1: Now, if this were business of no, maybe even business of fashion, I would still think they were talking about merch as in like concert merch and yeah. stuff like that. But maybe from another outlet I wouldn't have immediately thought that way. But you have a point. Technically it is merchandise.
0: I also saw that you dropped the WNBA in the dot. Um so the WB and WNBA as a brand specifically.
1: Yeah. Um and the reason is because we've talked about the WNBA on the podcast before and I feel like people always kind of whispering about the WNBA and how important uh, the work that they're doing is and where in the past they might not have gotten that visibility over mm-hmm. the past year and a half like going into the bubble as it related to COVID and as it related to social justice issues the women of that league were really leading the charge um And then we started to see that there were were men, you know, male players that were championing what they were doing and like wearing the WNBA jerseys and things of that nature. And there was just, there seemed to just be more of a lens on what they they were doing, like highlighting what they were doing. Um, And I think that that's kind of crescendoed this season, so... The finals just started for the WNBA. I think it's like the best of five. They do like a best of five series versus like the men who do a best of seven. Mm -hmm. So I think they've had like one, maybe two games at this point. Um, But just seeing again, how much visibility they have gotten over the past 18 months or so, um, I think is pretty cool. And I hope that it sustains. And I hope that like growing up, In Miami, we had a WNBA team. We don't anymore. Oh wow! So it was called the Soul, Um, and there was like a cute little song that talked about like the heat. I'm not going to sing it, but it was like, (laughs) "Can you feel the heat down in your soul?" Like if you Uh, if you grew up in Miami, you know the song. Got you. But because of just like the 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 lack of you know lack of popularity around women's basketball, unfortunately, a lot of these places that once had a team don't anymore. And I'm hoping that with the visibility that they have been getting that we will start seeing more of a focus on them.
0: Yeah, I hope so too. I think you see this in spaces more... other sports worlds, other sports as well. Um, I just think right now is the WNBA's time to make that surge, um, to be more of a top or primary... Focused sport. Um, I think, but is it
1: all on them, or is it on?
0: No, 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 no. It's not on them at mm-hmm. all. I don't think. Um, I think it's more around allyship um, to bring and amplify the attention on the sport. Mm-hmm. So I think, like we saw last year, some of the NBA players rallying around. I think that needs to continue to happen, and it can't just be, oh this one time or that was that one time that I said something um, I think there's so many op- so many more opportunities for the WNBA and NBA to do something to th- do things together or amplify the space together mm-hmm. um, to, to kind of help support it or to undergird kind of like pushing WNBA forward um, I, I don't think they've scratch the surface from from that standpoint or oh, vantage point. I think there's so much opportunity there.
1: No, there there definitely is. I mean, just from a not only just like a branding of the league as a whole, but just the players within. You know, like they have you, you got the like the Skylar Diggins and mm-hmm. the Taya Coopers and the Brittany Grinders. And yeah. I was watching the game the other night, and I didn't realize how many. Like, superstars are on both of the teams that are playing, the Sky and the Mercury. Like, you got Candace Parker versus Brittany Griner. You know what I mean? And then you got, like, you know, um, like, I think Skylar Diggins is on the team. Diana, what's her last name? She's, like, been in the league forever. What's her name? What's her last name? I'm blanking (laughs) right now. I got to find it. Tarasi, Like, Killing it, and I'm like, these are these are people that I rem- I rem- like the fact that these women. How old is she? Thirty nine years old and still out there killing.
0: Thirty nine.
1: Yeah, the other day I saw that Sylvia Fowles won Defensive Player of the Year. I remember I was in like elementary middle school when she was in like high school Duncan and I'm like she's still winning defensive player of the year
0: that's wild see and that's crazy because I know in high school I definitely paid attention to like high school girls basketball same with college I watched Mm -hmm. college March Madness but I've never been or had the appetite to watch the WNBA or follow it that way and I don't think it's anything that I've consciously done, but it's just what it's always been. It's my reality and not mm-hmm. my normal. So like I said, I think if there were spaces where they amplified or the NBA, which has so much attention right. all the, time, all the time, um, time, found creative ways to kind of bring those two leads together, um, it would be amazing.
1: Yeah. And I also like the spot that Twitter put out about the WNBA and just like where the conversation around the sport happens, and it happens on their platform, and they put together it's like a 30-second spot um, that was really nicely done. Yeah. For them heading into the final, so Yeah,
0: I love it. We'll drop that in. Yeah. And then I guess since we're on sports. Since we're on um, sports. Yep. And uh, since we're on sports.
1: Yeah, since we're on sports.
0: <laughs> Jr. Smith.
1: Yeah. Attending I, NC. North Carolina ante. Yeah, and HBCU. N-T-N-T. Shout out to the HBCUs out there. Um, so I have been finding a lot of joy in Jr. Smith's tweets about going to class and registering, you know, registering for class and how hard the midterm was. And um, some of the stuff that he's been learning in his uh you know, like African-American studies class. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, tell me you go to HBCU oh, without telling right. me you go to HBCU. But it's it's been really fun to watch, especially because of his re- reputation when he was in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his meme with him being yelled at by LeBron James during like the Cavs, like during like a series in the playoffs or whatever, or, you know, people talking about his Hennessy intake and stuff like that. It was He was always, like, the, the bad boy that you had to keep an eye on in the league. Yeah. Um, so seeing this more mature, serious J.R. Smith in college and, like, actually being a college student and going through that same discovery period that, like, we all yeah. did being freshmen in, in college— um, I, I think it's interesting. But the reason why I thought it was important to talk about it for the podcast was because he got clearance to um, officially be like on the golf team. Mm-hmm. Right. And with the new NCAA rules around players being able to be sponsored or things of that nature. I'm like, this is really a prime opportunity for like a partnership for him mm-hmm. to give not, you know, he he's. He's well regarded. He's well known, right? He's taken on a new sport. It doesn't hurt his eligibility to have some kind of sponsor- sponsorship or partnership, and it gives it gives more amplification to an HBCU yeah. being North yeah. Carolina A and T. And I'm just waiting to see like what brand steps in and is and does it first. If, you, if one you, has it,
0: you would hope that yeah, brands I would will recognize the opportunity.
1: I would hope. It's Jr. Smith.
0: But that doesn't always mean that they will. Unless that pitch deck comes across your desk. I don't think everybody is just automatically like thinking oh let's tap J.R. Smith.
1: Well, that's unfortunate because I feel like brands should be thinking that, and he, there, some brand has to be thinking this.
0: We'll see, Janelle. Because I, I, I really want to say yes, that's going to happen, or, or we'll wait and see which or how many will. I, I, I don't know.
1: I mean, it's not like he, he he doesn't need the money, but it just would be.
0: I don't think it, it's not for him. I, right, like you're right, saying, right. it's not. Well, I mean, for I him. think for the
1: other athletes, it's definitely about the money. Like this whole fight for for student athletes to be able to be paid and and kind of work out their own deals with brands and stuff, that was 100% about payment for the athlete. Now, I don't think that JR Smith needs the money, but I think that the program and the school could benefit from the visibility that a big partnership, you know, that could come from a big partnership
0: yeah. with the J.R. Smith. So, yeah.
1: we'll see. And if no brands have thought, of, have thought about it, like.
0: Shame on you. <laughs> it's pretty fine. It's, much. It's
1: a, it's a layup. You get it? You saw what I did
0: there?
1: Yeah, I don't know anything about golf.
0: A line dry. It's a line drive. I don't know if that made any sense, but I'm going to go with it. Cool.
1: It's a hole in one. All right, that's the golf thing.
0: Yeah, I might have said <laughs> yes. There you go. All right, cool.
1: Yeah. So that wraps up above the fold for episode thirty-three. Um, see, we didn't have that much to talk about, but we may do. Yeah,
0: that was good. Yeah, it was that's good. A good conversation.
1: Last week we introduced our new segment, Black Ads History. Boop, boop. Uh, I hope you guys got into that and saw yeah. that what six-minute kind of documentary that we yeah. put to together Henry. in there. Um, So this week, we have another story to bring you, um, and it's about St. Ides and how they used hip-hop in like the early to mid-90s in their marketing efforts. So how this kind of came about is in pulling videos for our Instagram feed for um, that kind of like archival footage that we put up there, I kept coming across these ads for St. Ides that were all in 94. And I'm like, how the hell did this brand, this malt liquor brand at that, pull everyone from Biggie to Tupac to Snoop to Warren G to like Wu Tang? Yeah. What the hell was going on during that time at this company to pull this together? And they even had like a mixtape to go along with it. So, um, with that, I want to bring you the story of just St. Ives and their connection to hip hop and kind of how that all came to be.
0: For the culture.
1: For the culture. We don't pay enough attention to the influence music and popular culture have on our behavior and decision-making. Seeing a campaign with a recognizable face at its center has become commonplace, but that wasn't always the story. Back in the day, not many brands understood this concept of merging music, especially hip-hop, with their advertising. Well, except the food and beverage industry. They were relatively quick to catch on. Brands like St. Ides and Sprite took on the concept of using music to make their product memorable by producing commercials that appealed to younger, Black consumer segments. While Sprite produced jingles that felt and sounded like commercials, St. Ides took a different approach. They created ads that went above and beyond basic jingles and looked like music videos with album-worthy production. The relationship of malt liquor and hip-hop dates back to the 60s when advertisers and brewers were directly appealing to African-American demographics, influenced in part by the societal shifts. St. Ides ads emerged at the peak of hip-hop's commercialization, a time where the genre was going mainstream on TV and radio, and the two meshed perfectly.
0: The St. Ides hip-hop campaign was launched in 1988 by McKenzie River Corporation and spearheaded by West Coast producer DJ Pooh. He helped cement the brand as a part of the hip-hop community in the late 80s and 90s through collaboration with popular artists at the time, such as Tupac, Notorious B.I.G., Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, and Wu-Tang Clan, who proudly endorsed the drink. The brand had no ties to hip-hop, yet it completely built its identity around the genre and entrusted the culture's heavyweights with its messaging. They gave creative direction to the artists. The music was undeniably inventive, resulting in the compilation cassette tape of its hits in 1994.
1: The St. Ides ads framed the product as both an everyday drink and a luxury item. One iconic concept included an ad showing Ice Cube jumping out of a helicopter, climbing into a Porsche, and rushing home to a 40-ounce bottle in his fridge, promoting the narrative that hip-hop was all-encompassing from the core hip-hop audience in the inner city to its growing fan base in the suburbs. This move was impactful for that time and age. The exploration of hip-hop and music advertising meant that a great deal of the culture was woven into everyday life. We see the evolution of this in culture today, from Travis Scott and Saweetie's McDonald's partnership to the newly announced deal between Nike and Meg Thee Stallion. What they inherently got right was recognizing that in order to appeal to a specific audience, they needed to position the content in such a way that it does not whitewash or dilute the imagery of hip hop while enticing people to buy the product.
0: Unfortunately, the campaign's success did not last long. St. Ides came under fire for the hypersexualization in some of the ads and perceived targeting of minors that glamorized gang affiliations and sex. Undeniably, the brand's work brought the world of hip-hop front and center, but at what cost? Ultimately, the fade in malt liquor's popularity was spearheaded by hip-hop embracing and celebrating wealth and luxury. We see this in Jay-Z's endorsement of Ace of Spades and Diddy and DJ Khaled's association with Ciroc. With all that in mind, we still have to acknowledge that St. Ides opened the door for the power and commodification of hip-hop, for better or worse. All right, so now we're going to transition into guess that spokesperson. It is game time. I don't want to hear anything except the fact that now it is my turn to give you the brand and the clues. Mm -hmm. And it is up to you to decide who the spokesperson is. Let's go. All right, so the brand is H&M. Okay. And (laughs) (laughs) spokesperson, clue number one dropped out of school at the age of 16.
1: All famous people did. Okay.
0: Great. Before their career took off, they were actually like a call center operator.
1: They were a call center operator. Yes, they were a
0: call center operator. (laughs) Okay. And um, they were the first to be nominated for both singing and acting for an Academy Award in the same year.
1: They were the first to be nominated for singing and acting at the Academy Awards.
0: In the same year. In the same,
1: same year, at the same time. So it was sort of the same project. Yes. Okay. Is it a woman? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Dropped out of school. Singing and acting. Was the Academy Award in the last five years? Yes. It was in the last five years. H&M. H&M got a <laughs> <laughs> That's not one of my questions. <laughs> <laughs> Um, last question. Has this person dropped an album in the last five years? Last five years. All of this has happened. Call center dropped out at 16.
0: Academy Award nominee.
1: Nominee, not winner. Just nominee. Oh, okay. (laughs) I (laughs) don't (laughs) know. Oh my gosh. How long can I drag this?
0: If you don't got it, you ain't gonna get it. Y'all, your yes and no's are gone. And
1: okay, I'll take a stab. Mary J. Blige. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That was an honest guess.
0: Can we pull the cameras, please? Can we pull the cameras? Can we pull the cameras? No. That
1: was that was. I was really about to give up. I just she thought saw about me mud. No, for the no, because I didn't know Mary J. Blige and H and M for what? Because uh, that's I was not going there. But then I thought about the movie Mudbound, and I was just like the only black singer and actress that's coming to mind is Mudbound and Mary J. Blige. And I don't even know if that's the movie, but it's the movie. That's what came to mind. Sorry, not sorry. You'll get them next time, kid.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. This is so frustrating. Okay, so. I didn't know she dropped out at 16 and
1: worked at a call center.
0: She she was a 411 operator.
1: Learn something
0: new every day. And in the H&M spot, she was singing, When I First Saw You.
1: Never seen
0: it. I don't know if they. It was like a Romeo and Juliet spot, but they used Dream Girl songs
1: okay so this sound like a weird. whole it's very weird it sounds very chaotic but
0: <laughs> yes but yeah good job I guess thank you just taking thank stabs you. in the dark and getting the you gotta answer be a good sport.
1: you gotta be gotta be a good sport so thank you I appreciate you congratulating my win
0: see how I use people who are like
1: well known like Donald Glover no
0: well known and that you can just take a stab and it be the person <laughs> see how that works
1: did you just call Mary J. Blige basic?
0: No, I'm saying she has been relevant for a long time where you can just say Mary J. Blige and it sticks. Unlike some of the people that you. Anyway, thank y'all so much. That was fun.
1: Make sure you put the score up there. What's the, t- we're not, what's, we're not doing, what's the tally? We're not doing What's the tally? What's the tally? Even if we only do this season, I'm still 2 0. Whatever. So that's been Guess guess That Spokesperson.
0: I'm disengaged.
1: What are we calling this segment again?
0: Guess That Spokesperson.
1: Why does Bronson even bother?
0: Wow, Janelle. Okay. (laughs) That's what you want to do? That is what you want to do?
1: Oh, now you're declaring war for the rest of the season. (laughs) Uh, I'm scared. I'm just playing.
0: Yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and choose Going With Your Black Ads or That Ain't It. I'm going to let you go first, being that
1: okay Um, for going with your black ads I am going to give it to the WNBA just because I feel like they've been putting in the work uh, and I think people are starting to take notice and I'm hoping that they're not done putting in the work that we continue to see the WNBA being highlighted all over the place Um, that ain't it kind of got to give it to unfortunately Facebook because they just been taking some L's I'm not going to get into all the L's we talked about one of the L's they've been taking some L's so get it together
0: I'm going to give go on with your black ads to Telfar TV.
1: Good choice. Good choice.
0: And the reason being is I like the fact that they are creating a platform for content for an underrepresented, you know, group of people. Um, I'm just keeping my eye on it to see what it becomes. Because like you said, right now to your average consumer, it doesn't feel like it's much. But I think the idea, the functionality of it is there. Um, Now it's time to build it out.
1: Yeah. What it could be. Yes.
0: Yeah. What it could be for that ain't it. I'm going to give it to the term merch. (laughs) We got to come up with something better than that. That ain't going to work. Um, yeah, but they, all got, all, they got
1: Merchtainment TM all over the place So they already trademarking it I'm sure it's going to be in a whole bunch of white papers and
0: It's going to come across a brief on your desk Oh
1: yeah, I'm sure a brief is going to say like, You want it more research. like
0: Merchtainment yeah. you know, that's We the read idea. this article
1: <laughs> Talked about this thing called Merchtainment Have you ever heard of
0: it? We're interested in tapping into that Yeah, yeah something like that So yeah, um, again, as always Like, subscribe, follow us Um Everywhere, like li- literally everywhere at this yeah, point. YouTube, Instagram. We have been
1: taking our own advice.
0: <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> LinkedIn. Um, and as always, send us a DM, comment, let us know what resonates or anything that you see that maybe we haven't caught. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be happy to learn and discuss it. Um, we're relevant.
1: Cop the shirts.
0: Absolutely cop the shirts. Like we said, by the time you're watching this, you probably only got a couple of of days got like a week yeah so make sure y'all follow us like subscribe literally follow us everywhere we are everywhere <laughs> um linkedin um twitter ig YouTube. youtube and also comment send us a dm let us know anything that you're seeing that you think would be cool to talk about we are always looking to learn and discuss things as we find them relevant
1: yes and also make sure that you cop a t-shirt Head yes. over to Um Yeah. yeah. By the time you you're
0: seeing this, you are going to want to make sure you go and cop it. Uh, yeah.
1: I think pre-order ends the same meeting. day that, <laughs> that yeah. this episode goes live. So we talk a lot about these t-shirts. Yeah.
0: Maybe I can talk Janelle okay. into.
1: Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We got to talk. We got to talk.
0: <laughs> Extending that timeline. But if you see this, go check, go check, go check, go check, go check. WhatYourBlackAds.com. But as always, thank y'all for listening and uh, being engaged with us. Thank you. See y'all
1: next time. Bye. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. God damn That's what I'm talking about. It was so black ass. It was black ass.